this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hi there and welcome to the Sonic Society Season 12, Episode 491. I'm your host that bumps around in the night, Jack Ward. And I'm your host that stumbles through the day, David Alt. Now, Jack, come on, you're not fooling anyone. I, Halloween is over. <laughs> it is indeed, but not unlike those department stores that have already been piping all your favorite and least favorite Christmas carols starting November 12th, we like to take the month of November to look at some of the scary shows from the Halloween wind-up of 2016. Tonight, we mix it up a little with Paul Sading's chilling first-person Diary of a Madman. And to tone things down a little, we will have the special John Bell Halloween show, episode 155 from Bells and the Bat Free. Uh, now, it won't have escaped anyone's uh, notice that, Jack, you've been quite busy lately. Yes, and while I try to keep a lot of the personal things going on here in sunny Halifax, Nova Scotia, to myself, I think it's important to let the listeners know why I've been a little spotty on hosting these last couple of weeks and why we haven't, for the first time in 12 years, begun with an interview from Greg Taylor. So, beyond the typical work of my Clark Kent job of teaching and and a looming strike for the teachers in the province, and and typical dad lifestyles, and of course that awful cold that put everybody on their collective couches for weeks. My eldest sister's husband, my brother-in-law, Dave, has had some really rather awful health issues. Now, I've known Dave since I was 13 years old. He is my sister's first and only love of her life. They've been together for, I mean, over 30 years. Dave was admitted to the hospital six weeks ago uh, with a massive heart attack. And um, he's had everything from stroke, internal bleeding, cancer scare, pneumonia, being in a coma for two weeks, getting a tracheotomy. And now my mother just told me tonight that he has shingles. So it's, it's just been awful. Awful and, um, you know, every day my sister teaches me new things about stoicism and strength. I'm so grateful to have the family and the friends that I have. You know, Dave is awake and slowly recovering. It's going to be, what, four or five more months in the hospital before he can go home at this rate. So any good wishes and prayers from Sonic Society members are more than welcome. But I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that I haven't lost interest in this lovely podcast nor am I wanting to hand it off to David, who by all you know, measures would be a phenomenal single host of the Sonic Society and the best person to do so if that were the case. It isn't. You know, 
I love audio drama. I'm I'm as enthused. I'm more enthused about this medium and and the possibilities it produces today than when I began this exploration almost 15 years ago. I I do intend to continue to interview folks in the audio drama world. I've got the folks from last week's show, Heavenly Deception, recorded and ready to edit for your listening approval. So it's coming. There are so many people out there that I can't wait to interview. I, I can't wait to hear because, and I feel like a hair club president when I say this, I'm not just the host of the show. I'm a member of the Sonic Society and that membership means so very, very much to me. So I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just trying to pedal as hard as I can to get up this particular hill. So thank you for your indulgence and patience. Uh, and, and thank you, David, for your help during this time. You've taken the brunt of my, I can't do the show tonight, <laughs> angst. Quite simply, Jack, it wouldn't be the Sonic Society without you. So thank you very much for sharing all of that with the, with the listeners. And we are thinking of you. And we're glad that you're back. Thank you. Now for some better news. We're hitting a bit of a renaissance in EVP. You've gotten a taste of it with our remake of some favorite shows, but we also have some brand new shows that are coming together. David's just recorded lines for the upcoming Most Dangerous Game. Yes, I did. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, getting to break out my good old um, Marcus Brody from um, Indiana Jones. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> been a long time since I've used that one. Huh. And such a great job you've done. The Most Dangerous Game is meant to kick off another continuous anthology series of mine called Action Adventure Audio Theater. You know, I loved Escape from the old-time radio series and wanted to have a series of stories that don't necessarily fit in my Wavefront, Deadline, Consortium Comics, or Darker Musings anthologies. I like to be able to organize separate stories through a variety of genre collections, which brings me to another point. I'm considering publishing collections of these scripts as ebooks, adapting them as short stories, or, or both. Would anyone be interested in buying their own collection of these? I'm sure I could do print-on-demand as well for those who like physical representations of our favorite books. <clears throat> you know what book I'd like to read? The Reflections of the Audio Drama Journeys of David Alt. Do you think you could put down your memories as an audio actor? I'd love to read that. Memories as an audio actor? Blimey. Um, I, I've lost most of my memory, really, so uh, it probably wouldn't be a very long book. <laughs> okay, writing. I'm only saying this because I really like to read it. But for now, let's go from the possible memories of David Alt to the Diary of a Madman by Paul Sating, right here on the Sonic Society. I see her. I watch her every day. She walks by me without a word. A gesture, so much as a glance. I'm not bothered. I'm used to it. Men like me are, it's our reality. We're the unseen, we're the voiceless. We're the people who exist according to the rest of the world, yet they never see us, they never hear us. We're the ones shouting from the rooftops, begging for someone, anyone, to hear us. All while we watch the rest of you rush by to your next important meeting or into the arms of your lovers. We're the ones who need to experience the fulfillment of a passionate kiss, a touch, a stroked cheek, a tender word. 
And we're the ones who'll never feel those touches, never hear those words. We are society's rejects. We are the people you scorn, the people you love to hate. <laughs> you say that you don't hate, that hate is destructive and love is constructive. You're bound to that mantra so that it will protect you from yourself, from who you really are. You're all so blind to your biases, bigotry, and banality, you don't even see it. You refuse to. Because to do so is to lend credibility to the very things you wish to shove to the margins of existence, hoping, hoping will rot away, hoping will disappear into the murkiness of antiquity. But we won't. We can't. We're here. Now. Always. I see her. I watch her every day. I hate that I told you what I did last time. Hate that you know that much about me before you've given me a chance to display my complexity. Even if I did, you wouldn't do that, would you? No, you don't do that. <laughs> How could I expect you to lower yourself from your lofty heights to come down here and visit me? To be among my people, the basement dwellers. Tisk, tisk. I should know better. For you see, I know you better than you know yourself. I know you better than your God. <laughs> you can't fool me. You'll try. Oh, you'll try. But you can. I know your next move before you make it. I know what you're thinking before you think it. I know your sources of pleasure, your vices, and those things you don't even share with your loved one. You think you've got it all figured out that the world can't see through the veneer you've shielded yourself with. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> You're wrong. So unspeakably wrong. You see, madmen don't walk in the shadows of the likes of you. We don't traipse along the beaten path as do the billions of lifeless souls like obedient little collie puppies. Hoping to please their masters, always willing to roll over, to sit, and to bark upon demand just to try to get that next treat. The world has you eating out of its hands and you're too blind to see it. You can form its wake every morning and put on your slacks and your pretty, pretty dresses. Pour as much caffeine in your throats as you can before you slug off to lose another day in the maze that affords you those material things that you desire to make up for all the misery that that very same life causes. There are days, oh how there are days when you'll challenge destiny 
when you'll sit back just enough to get a glimpse of what your life could be like, should be like, if you would just wake up and decide. Decide to be something different. Decide to be someone different. Decide that you weren't going to play this game anymore. That you weren't going to be a lemming to your master. That his wishes and hopes and aspirations finally weren't your own. For just that briefest of moments, you see yourself refusing to settle. Refusing to cave to society's pressures and expectations for you and to take that pen, to take that drill, to take that pair of scissors that are just oh so very close and to jam them into your boss's throat. You feel the warm spray of his blood on your face. You know it's staining that expensive suit that you'll never be able to wear again. And you laugh. You laugh hysterically as the last vestiges of his life drain away. You laugh as he slumps to the floor, a heap of useless tissue and bone. You laugh because you're free. You're finally free. But in an instant, in that one critical instant when you could take your destiny by the hand and could command it to your will, you slink back into the comfort of cowardice and conformity. You blend. (laughs) Men like me, we don't blend. For in that moment of decision, when we have to choose between our destiny and satiating the insatiable, we snap the neck of that bastard and we grab our destiny. celebration of machinations of the subtle kind, the disturbing kind, to those who would not dare to understand. I see her today again. She taunts me and she haunts me. She is so, oh, so very tantalizing. Wicked. She is a seamstress of the acquitted, weaving her nimble fingers through the delicate tapestry of purity. Over and under, over and under, she maneuvers with the ease of an airborne eagle, swiftly diving to pick up its prey before ascending to the heavens again. She watches them as I watch her, her eyes surveying her prey as I mean to make her mine. The challenge is, which one of us dare strike first? Which one of us will step from the shadows of the veil and risk exposing ourselves to the unsuspecting world? (laughs) Who among us will dance unabashedly through the wickeds of temptation and strife and to take what we want, what we deserve, if only because it can be taken? I see her today. She's playing a role for her audience, projecting what they want to see, what they need her to be back at them. But she's a fraud. She's twisted and revolting. She must be cleansed. They 
need to be cleansed of her. Though their admiration and worship of her false idol prevents them from knowing that, from understanding that, they cannot see. She stops them from seeing, though she sees. She sees and she dances, she twists and she turns, her words the spindle around which her marionettes twirl. Every day the same thing, every day she pulls that yarn, tightens and loosens the thread and makes them dance for her. For her twisted self-gratification. Every day she uses them as nothing more than the tools of her trade to create her perverse tapestry of filth. They are her yarn. They are her needle. And she is the shears. The day is coming for them when she will slide those shears along the string of their fragile lives, scraping its razor edges against their fraying existence. The day is coming when she will cut that thread and sever all that is pure and innocent. She is a seamstress. I see her today. I don't know how much longer I can hold out, or hold on. See, inside my head I have it all figured out. Each and every bit of it. I know the where, the how, the when, the who. I know what I'll be saying, and what the final words will be. I can even smell her fear. <laughs> everything is set. Everything is planned. I've walked the route a thousand times and then a thousand times back again. I know every inch of that sidewalk as well as I know every bump and scar on my own body. And I promise you, I can do this in my sleep. I stayed home today because I had a few things I needed to take care of. <laughs> That's a perplexing part of this reality. In order to free myself from it, I must occasionally submit to it, play by its rules and regulations. In part, I must become the conformist I despise. But that's the difference between people like me and the shadows of souls like you. I can shut it off. I can shut it down, shut out the voices, the relentless voices. I can do what needs to be done. I can manipulate the game and move the pawns because I see the end game. I am a visionary. People like her don't see the world like I do. People like you don't see the world like I do, like it really is. I am a hunter and you are the prey. Everything, all of this, every last particle of your reality drives you into my snare. All the demons that wake you in the night and follow you down the street, 
That feeling you get when you're trying to get to your car because you're sure there is someone, something lurking in the darkness and you can't quite get the right key into your fingers? That's me. I am that darkness. I will consume your soul. I will render your province and mix your ashes in the dirt from whence you first came. I will shatter this reality into oblivion. And I'll reveal your providence. Anyone left in my wake will discover a foreign world. A reality unknown to them. Unknowable. Cry for them. Oh, won't you cry for them? Throw your hands up to your God and ask for his intervention. <laughs> your God's not listening. There's nothing he can do. This is my realm. This is the realm of monsters. In order to survive in the realm of monsters, you must become one yourself. I am a monster. And I am hunting. funny thing you know we all seek it in our own ways they do I do you do you're sitting there listening to me from the comfort of your car or behind those little earbuds while you work out or walk around your neighborhood you've convinced yourself that this is all made up fancies of a bored artist that there's nothing to fear and that there is no way this reality could reach your reality. You have yourself convinced that I'm just an actor playing a role. That each and every word I say is scripted purely to entertain you. And that with a click of a button you can shut me out of your world. You believe you know what this is all about. What I'm all about. And that you have nothing to fear from an incorporeal voice. You think that because you need to think that. <laughs> For all you know, you could be the one I'm hunting. You and all your sick little thoughts. What? You think people don't know? Don't have you figured out? Do you honestly think you're so smart as to be able to hide all those disgusting thoughts that skip across your tiny, diminutive, insignificant animal brain? You're not nearly as clever as you think you are. Not even remotely. You're an animal, nothing more. And you have animal instincts and desires. You want to elevate yourself above all the other species of God's creations to pretend you have some sort of superiority over them. That the behaviors you see in them are not the same behaviors you are capable of yourself. 
But it's all an invention of your mind. You rationalize and excuse any misgivings you might have in order to convince yourself that you are superior to all the other creatures that walk on the face of this realm. But you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand that you are just like them. You are one of the beasts. You are a dust grinder and a slime walker, for it is from the earth that you were created, and it is to that same very dirt that you must return. You see, you could learn something from your peers in the animal kingdom. They understand all of this much better than you. They know their place in the system. They understand the role you play better than you understand it yourself. When they see you, they run. Because they know what you are. So go ahead and continue to fashion a reality that allows you to deny your true nature and continue playing along with the role that society has fashioned for you. Keep going to your children's recitals and soccer games. Fill your minivan with all the balloons and gifts to create that lie that you care about something other than yourself. Go to your house of worship and prostrate yourself before your God and ensure you keep up those pretenses as to avoid scrutiny from others who are doing the very same things that you are. <laughs> keep doing those things that keep you comfortable. Because when you're comfortable, you get lazy, inattentive. You miss the warning signs that point to threats. You're docile, <laughs> weak. Fragile. And people like me, the others, that's exactly where we want you. Welcome. Welcome to Bells in the Bat Free, episode number 155. I'm your usually genial host, John Bell, but maybe I'm not so genial today. At the time that this is being posted, in case you're listening to this weeks, months, or even years later, the United States just had an election. It has been a long, tortuous, awful campaign. And normally, I keep away from politics, but just this once... I'm going to make a comment, mostly because the whole process has given me a pain. I mean, right right here, a pain that, oh boy, it's kind of kicking in now. A pain that really, ah, it's, oh boy, that's really a, and, ah, ah. Mr. Bell? Mr. Bell? This is Miss Schmeckelheimer. Miss Sadie Schmeckelheimer. There is somebody here to see you. Since you're only recording your podcast, I figured you weren't doing anything important, so I'm sending him in. Go right in, sir. Mr. Bell, my name is Oscar. I'm the guy that was in charge of painting your hallway. 
Uh, we're all finished. I need you to sign off on, uh, on this, please. Mr. Bell? I need you to sign off on... Mr. Bell? Here, uh... This is what you need to sign, Mr. Bell. Here, let me put this pen in your hand. Can I hold your hand up a little bit? That's good. That's good. Okay, now just how do you spell your name? I'll just fuck it. Okay, and yeah, that'll do it. Okay, okay thank you very much, Mr. Bell. Uh, enjoy your nap. Bye. Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell, I read this great joke on the internet. You're probably going to want to use it in your show. Okay, okay, here, here, here's the joke, okay? Okay, 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 see if you can answer this. Okay, okay, you ready? What do you get when you put root beer in a square glass? Give up? Okay, okay. What do you got when you put root beer in a square glass? Beer. See, square glass. It's root beer. And you put the root square, and you put it. <laughs> you can use that if you want, Mr. Bell. That's a real knee slapper. <laughs> You're not slapping your knee, Mr. Bell. You're not doing much of anything, actually. You're just kind of laying there. Why are you just laying there, Mr. Bell? How come you're not up and moving around and, and, and doing your show like you should be doing right now and using my great joke, huh? Mr. Bell? Oh, my, this may be a crisis. How do I react to the crisis? I don't know. I've never been in a crisis before. Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell! Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell! No, slapping myself doesn't seem to help. Kind of makes me a little dizzy, actually. I need to get someone in here who knows what they're doing. Brad! Holy cow, Arnie, what are you hollering about? Oh. I could hear you all the way down the hall, well, uh, crying out loud. Oh, How come oh. your cheek is so red? Uh, Brad, on the floor! That's Mr. Bell! We've already met, Arnie. You know, you don't understand. Look at the glassy look in his eyes. Look at the way his tongue is lolling out the side of his mouth and he's drooling. As I said, we've already met. Well, I think he's sick! Well, join the crowd! No, 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 no. I think he's physically ill. He must have listened to one of his own shows. I think he needs a doctor. A doctor? I think we need to get him to the hospital. A hospital? Hospital! Oh, I hear the hoss and feel the spittle. I think he needs to go to the ER. You don't have to spell things out. I'm an adult. To the emergency room. We need to call him an ambulance. Okay. Mr. Bell, you're in it. Don't you dare. It's what he would have wanted. Sadly, that's true. Well, if we're going to call an ambulance, we need to find something out first. His pulse? No. His symptoms? No. His temperature? No. His insurance? This is no time to... I'm not going to pay for taking him to the emergency room, are you? 
Let's find his insurance card. Get his wallet. Way ahead of you. Let's see. <laughs> a picture of his parrot. Find his insurance card. A membership card in the Stephen Pastis Bad Pun Society. Find his insurance card. Here's his driver's license. <laughs> Boy, did he lie on his weight. Insurance card. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Fred's Donut a Week Club and Medical Coverage. That's who he has his health insurance with? I'm familiar with these people. The coverage isn't great. <laughs> but the donuts are to die for. Brad. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bell. See if he has an app on his phone for this insurance. Way ahead of you. Got his phone here. Let's see. <laughs> After six weeks, he's only found two Pokemon. Health insurance, Brad. All right, all right, all right. Okay, let's see. I've activated the app. Ah, here we are. Do you need an ambulance? Press here. Press it, press it. What's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, it's making a phone call. Hold on. Must be the ambulance company. Hello, this is Fred's Donut a Week Club. Please specify the donuts you want delivered this week. We don't want any donuts delivered. Wait, let's not be hasty here. Brad! All right, all right. Uh, hello? Uh, we need an ambulance, please. Oh, so this is a pickup, not a delivery. Yes, that's that's true, yes. Although you could bring five chocolate creams. Brad! Okay, make it a dozen. That's better. Until we get there, please make sure that the sick person is comfortable. Our estimated time of arrival... Is six minutes. Okay, we gotta make sure Mr. Bell is comfortable. Okay, okay, here, I'll take care of this. Mr. Bell? Mr. Bell, hello? What are your yearly gross earnings? What are you doing, Brad? I'm trying to find out if he's in the red or if he's comfortable. I think they meant physically comfortable. Oh, okay, um... What should we do? Isn't there a lazy boy recliner in the lobby? Good thinking. Mr. Bell, you just lay there and be comfortable. Yeah. We'll be right back. Yeah, and then you'll be comfortable or... Uh, Brad? Yes? The lobby is this way. You sure? Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, okay. Okay, there's the recliner. You get that end. I'll get this end. Why do I get the heavy end? That end's not heavier than this end. This end is way heavier than that end. All right, all right. You get the heavy end. I'll get the other end. All right, that's better. Let's lift each other on the count of three. On the count of three what? What? You said on the count of three. No, I mean on the count of three. Is there also a duke of three? What? If there's a count of three, there should be a duke of three. That's not what I would... Duke, duke, Uh, duke of three, three, three. Brad, stop that. All right. When I say three, we left. When you say what? Three. Ups a daisy. What? No, no. Oh, Brad, I didn't mean Zen. The whole chair just kind of unfolded there. That's because it's a recliner. Then how do we uncline it so it won't recline again? I don't know. Try pushing the foot things down. All right, let me try Wait, pushing the... No, the, push it. With, with this there's here? a lever with on that? the side. Oh, Give this the, lever here. No, no, not so far. What? The other I mean, way. How about... Okay, does that do it? Say again. Uh, are you caught in the, um... Yes, yes, get me out. All right, let me try this lever thing here. Uh, give this a push there, and that's it. Whoa! Wow. I think you call this thing a catapult. You know, I think Mr. Bell is probably pretty comfortable on the floor already. You know, it is a deep shag carpet. I yeah. don't know why you should ask for more than that. that and you know, no reason why you should complain. Well, let's head back to the studio then, which is, um... This way. Now, th- this way. Let's go. Hi, Mr. Bell, we're back. How you doing? Are you comfortable? The comfortable ambulance should be here any second. In fact, I think it may be approaching right now. Are you the ambulance driver? Yes.
listen, I'm also the siren. Did you like that? No, that's pretty good. Come on up here and help our friend, Mr. Brown. I'm coming in now. Woo, 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 woo. Here I am. Are you a paramedic? No, there's only one, one of you. Yes. Yeah, that's got to be an old joke. Okay, put him in the truck. Sorry? Put him in the truck so we can take him to the hospital. Um, isn't that your job? You weren't listening. I'm the driver. Oh, yeah. And the siren. Right. How are we supposed to get him down into your truck? I would suggest picking him up and carrying him. Don't you have a gurney? What would I be doing with a cow? Let's just pick him up here, Brad. All right, but... You get the heavy end. Oh, no, you're not going to trick me into giving up the heavy end. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm taking the heavy end, so there. Oh, yeah, you're much smarter than me, Brad. Uh-huh. Okay, on the count of... On the count of, uh... Never mind, let's just pick him up. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, easy. Let's swing him this way. Right. Let's swing him. I think I'm going to... Money on the floor! Money on the floor! Don't drop, mister... Oh. Wow, looks like a good 75 cents fell out of Mr. Bell's pocket while we are carrying him there. Brad, we need to pick Mr. Bell up again. You think he may have more change? No, I think it... Yes, he may have more change. And it may fall out of his pockets while we carry him through the truck. Oh, good thinking. All right, one, two, four... Three! Okay, start shaking him. Start what? Shake him. See if any money falls out. No, no, no. We're taking him directly to the truck. All right, all right. Let's get him through the door here. Watch his head. Oops. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can get him down the driveway here. And is the truck open? Oh, no, it's not. Hold on. I'll open it. Let's see. Uh, not this key. Not this key. It's not this key. Oh, it doesn't have a lock. I keep forgetting. Here we go. Oh, okay. What hospital are you taking him to? Fred's Emergency Hospital and Donut Factory. Oh, we should have known. How long will it take us to get there? Oh, about as long as this word from our sponsor. Nestled in the trees, surrounded by green hills and a babbling brook, is a place of solace, a refuge for the weary. Here, troubled people can seek peace and quiet. They can forget the past and look forward to a quiet, unhurried life. This is the home for defeated presidential candidates. More jello, Mr. Gore? Here, these unique individuals can spend their days without stress, relaxing, or playing games. Did you bring your baseball mitt, Mr. Romney? The home for defeated presidential candidates, now undergoing renovations to better serve its clientele. We've almost finished installing the ladies' room. Defeated candidates can come here on their own, or they can be admitted by family members. I don't feel no ways tired. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Renovations by Trump Construction. No. Wait, wait, wait. Make way. We gotta get this man to the emergency room. Make way, get out of the way. Doctor, I think he's regaining consciousness. Uh, uh, Mr. Bell, hmm? can you hear me? Yes. Do you know what happened? No. Do you know where you are? Maybe. Why do we keep going back and forth through that same big door? Actually, we're just killing time until the emergency room is free. Well, it's giving me a headache. Especially since it's my head that's hitting the door each time. Doc, 
Doctor, the emergency room is available now. Yes, but is it free? It's after five. It's free. All right, guys, let's push him in the emergency room here. Uh, you didn't have to slow down just because we're not killing time anymore. Oh, I hope that was the last door. All right, now just lay down on the bed here. Uh, okay, uh... What happened? What's going on? I'm not a medical professional. I'm just the guy that pushes the gurney down the hallway. You'll have to ask somebody else. Okay. Is someone else coming? Yeah, I suppose so. So, why are you still here, standing there, with your hand outstretched? You want a tip? It is customary. All right, let me see what I've got in my... That's odd. I don't have any change. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, good luck on your ride back to the parking lot later. Okay, I appear to be in some kind of hospital. And here's our new patient. Oh, hi. Uh, you must be the doctor. No, I'm your uh, medicinal consultant. When do I get to see the doctor? Doctor, spread out. We don't got no doctors here. No doctors? With the health plan you got, you expect doctors? <laughs> so you don't have any doctors to save on expenses? No doctors, no doctor salaries, no malpractice suits. So you get low rates. So who diagnoses me? I can bring in the diagnostician. Okay. It'll be two extra bucks. I guess I can swing that. Get in here, knucklehead. All right, all right, here I am. Which one of you two is the patient? Which do you think, you pinhead? Ow! Well, obviously it's not you, because you don't have any patients at all. Get to work, you knucklehead. All right, quit pushing. Ah, uh, where does it hurt? In the abdominal region. I didn't ask where you lived, I asked where it hurt. Why, uh, you ought to... Ow, ow, let go my hair! It's my tummy, my tummy hurts. No, it's my hair, my hair hurts. Quit thinking about yourself and think about the patient. Sounds to me like you got a tummy ache. Is this serious? Not for me. Ow! Now you both got a tummy ache. Look, are you gonna have to operate? Hey, that's a great idea, let's operate. All right, but who's gonna operate on me? You are. I am? This is a do-it-yourself hospital. How am I supposed to operate on myself? Bring in the instruments! Bring in the instruments! Not those instruments! Bring in the surgical instruments! Bring in the surgical instruments! Here's the scalpels! Bullseye! Does my behind look like a bullseye to you? Well... Don't answer that. It's time for an operation. Operation! Operation! operation. Let's, Let's have, have an operation. operation! I see we should open the chest. The ice chest. Here's for everybody. Salute! <laughs> I say we take care of the wrenched ankle. I think we should do the wishbone. I'm in the mood for spare ribs. Spare ribs to go. I'll take them out. Oops. Now you've done it. We've lost the patient. Maybe you slid under the bed. Guys, yeah. how do you propose oh, that... Oh, that's easy. You get down on one knee like this. Ah. Sorry, that was the quickest way to crack my walnut. Then you say, will you marry me? Does this answer your question? Oh. Ow! <laughs> how do you propose that I operate on myself? First you make an incision. No, first you make the decision to make an incision. No, you make a decision to make a precision incision. So it's my mission to make a precision incision decision? Do-da! Do-da! Then what? You take out whatever's bothering you. Oh, yeah? Well, if he wouldn't marry me, he's certainly not going to let me take him out. Oh, you think I bothered you before? Pick two. One, two. Ow, 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 ow. Okay, let's assume I cut myself open and do an operation. How do I sew myself back up again? Don't worry, we got plenty of sutures. Yeah, we went long in suture futures. So, would you suture me up? No, suit yourself. All right, I guess it's time to 
cut myself open. I'll just... Hold it right there, Mr. Bell! Now hold it a little bit to the left. Now to the right. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight! fight, fight. Brad, what are you doing here? Hey, I'm here too. Barney! Brad just jumped in first and made that big dramatic entrance. Uh-huh, right. well, I... I was behind him and didn't get to make a big dramatic entrance. Uh-huh. I had to just kind of come through the window, right. you know? But I'm yeah. still here helping out too, you know? Okay, well, what are you doing here, both of you? Well, we've come to rescue you, Mr. Bell. You don't need an operation! Hey, who's the doctor here? There is no doctor here. He makes a good point. Please continue. Mr. Bell, let me ask you a couple of probing questions. Oh, don't don't say say probing probing in a hospital. hospital. Sorry. You fainted not long ago, right, Mr. Bell? Yes, that was one of my symptoms. And you also had a tummy ache. Yes, my other symptom. I'm convinced. Let him operate. Not so fast. Oh, yuck. Hey! Say it! Don't spray it! Mr. Bell, how long had you been up watching election returns? Uh, about two days. And that's straight without any sleep, right? Well, now that you mention it... And did you have anything to eat during that time? Yeah, I found a Tupperware container in our break room refrigerator that said Brad on the top. Are you sure? Well, I... Is it possible that in your sleep-crazed mind you saw the word Brad, but really it was the word Bad? I suppose that's possible, but who would put bad food in the refrigerator and mark it bad? Um, that would be me. It was left over about a week or two ago, and uh, it kind of turned, so I marked it bad. Why didn't you just throw it away? What? And waste perfectly good... Bad food? So you see, Mr. Bell, you're just suffering from not enough sleep and too much bad, bad food. Then what should I do about this pain in my tummy? Luckily for you, I brought along my D-tummy later. Which is... Oh. Ah. Let's go home. Not so fast. There's a little matter of the deductible. Yeah, we want what's coming to us. Oh, so you want what's coming to you. Yeah. How about I pay for your dinner? I just happen to have this Tupperware container with some Brad food in it. Jackpot. Well, guys, we've done it again. We've done my jobs for For duty and humanity. You have been listening to Bells in the Bat Free, episode 155, copyright 2016 by John Bell Creative, LLC. And that's this week's show. Yes, the countdown for our 500th episode is now officially on. Please leave us your notes, emails, audio messages at sonicsociety at gmail.com, the Sonic Society Facebook group, Sonic Society on Twitter, or Astro Tour 2010 for me. Please visit evicuna.com for more great original electric Vicuna productions. But until next week, I'm David Alt. And I'm Jack Ward. Good night. Good night. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening.
This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Buongiorno. I am Flaudio. And I am very interested in what makes audio drama work. I want to share with you my recipe for a perfect evening. An evening for two lovers. Lovers of audio drama. When I plan an audio drama, I want to make sure that everything is perfect for us. The soundscape is the most important thing to set the mood for the night. When I lay in a special ambiance or sound effect, it is very important because it can express what I feel so perfectly. A sound effect can speak for the story when words just cannot capture the love I feel. Love I feel for you. When it is dark, I turn on the sound effects. I turn up the soundscape. And the voices can then dance in a perfect state of bliss where there is no world except the one we make with our love. No time except what is needed for our story to play out. A story that we will make come true. This audio drama public service announcement was brought to you by the Amigos.